Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it burrs you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Cloud and Tifa to my Maleficent. Okay, I don't think you can really justify that being a combo. Okay, I'm going to prove it to you with this episode because this is the big, 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 big crossover episode, but introduce yourselves first. Fine, I'm Jared. And I'm Matt. I guess I'll be Maleficent. No, I said it was my Maleficent. You're, oh, you're Maleficent. You're one of Cloud okay. Tifa, one of those two. I'll be Maleficent. We're all Maleficents. <laughs> I'm Maleficent. <laughs> Are there any other Maleficents I should know about? Yo! <laughs> Is anybody in the room not a witch? Please raise your hand. Cackle, cackle, ah, ha, 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 dot wave. I'm just saying, fastest time from Star of Episode to SpongeBob reference. I win. <laughs> As to why I think that works as a trinity, today we are covering dun 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 the battle for Hollow Bastion. That's terrible. So as you see, we bought a soundboard. No, we did not buy a soundboard. That is my voice. Oh, but you you did it so well. I was completely fooled. That is your problem, sir. So they end up getting out of the grid because we got away from the master control program. Yeah, we defeated the hostile program at the end of Tron and we are instantly thrown into shit. Stuff's going on in Hollow Bastion. But first, we got to notice that Tron sent us an email with some sweet pixel art. I believe it's some sweet minimalist pixel art of Sora, Donald and Goofy. And it says, thank you. Tron's sending out little 1990s uh, GIF emails. <laughs> anachronistic because he's from the 80s. Tron's ahead of his time. I'm impressed. I have in my notes, Leon goes to check out the town and leaves Sora, a person who has only used a computer for about five minutes and failed miserably at it to go through the data. And he immediately says, let's just go ahead and say, bring me my friends, essentially, and is confused the computer doesn't work. Yeah, he brings up Google searching for Riku and Kairi, and I have in my notes, Google's like, what the fuck? I feel like this this is only internal network only because they get data error. The computer has no fucking knowledge about your friends because your friends haven't existed in this computer's context, kid. 404! Computer over. Virus is very yes. So we're just, I see everyone's going for early references. Yes. And so Sora immediately gives up like, huh, the computer doesn't know. Then Goofy decides, you know what, I bet I can do this better. Yeah, Goofy's the smarter person and he looks up nobodies. And you get an Organization 13 crest on it. And then it's like, nope, data corrupt. Sora begins progressive maintenance, beating up the computer because that's all he knows how to do. Like, what about the organization? Data corrupt. And Sora just starts punching it. Thanks to Sora's uh, work here. I use work in air quotes. We get an image file of a weird bearded guy right as Mickey walks in. I mean, you know, like when you mash on the keys, and you accidentally open a bunch of windows, but it's actually exactly odd because you're the most lucky person in existence. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like what just happened. And who does Mickey say it's a picture of? That's a picture of Ansem. Ansem the Wise. Yep. As Mickey says that, Sora, Donald, and Goofy are just like, uh, no. And they drag him to the evil portrait. And Mickey just is like, I'm going to dump a retcon on you. (laughs) I was telling you the story about Leon was uh, being an impatient jerk. So let's get back to it. Yep. That's not Ansem, you idiots. That's all you idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Angry Mickey just doesn't happen enough. I know it needs to happen more. So, yeah. What Mickey ends up explaining to us is that the Ansem from Kingdom Hearts 1 was a heartless saying that he was Ansem, not actually Ansem. Everybody got that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he also put his picture up in the castle for some reason. Goofy takes a moment to exposit to try to catch us all up. Yeah, Goofy, who has been paying attention to the plot, realizes that if Ansem was a heartless, there should also be a nobody. Well, let's see. Some feller named Ansem, who wasn't really Ansem, became a heartless. Does that mean a nobody got created when that happened too? Christ, that's eerily good. It is so damn good. I'm scared of that. It's terrifying. <laughs> well, the good news, and then Mickey says, yep, you're right. Also, he's the bad guy today. Yeah, yeah. So it, we're basically now fully understanding, okay, that means that we've managed to reuse the villain from the first game without actually reusing him. Well done. <laughs> that's what happens when you get to use the yolk and the shell of the egg. Yep. That's actually oh, not wait, a wait, bad wait. metaphor. God. It's a metaphor. So, yeah, so we got a ninja asking a Shedinja, right? Yeah. <laughs> wait, are Shedinjas a heartless or a nobody? It's, got, it's <laughs> the nobody. It's what's left behind. It, it literally has no soul. You're right. Remember? You're right. You're right. And that means the ninja asks are heartless. Sweet. And that means nobodies have one hit point. I would disagree, with, even in critical mode. <laughs> Anyways, 
Mickey was perfectly happy to tell us all of this, but when Sora asks about Riku and Kairi, Mickey immediately gets cagey. Yeah, Mickey has no desire to tell us any of the actual stuff that Sora cares about. It's like, I'm sorry, I can't help, is basically how he's going. It's like, oh, thanks. Thanks so much, Mr. Mouse. The king has his reasons. We just have to trust. Yep. And so then we get to one side of the Battle of Maleficent. Shows up commanding an army of Heartless to fight some nobodies. Well, basically what happens, we get knocked prone by an explosion. This kind of funny, like, but apparently she decides she doesn't like the nobody. She wants to kill him. Yeah. Pete, Pete, Pete don't like this. Yeah, Pete fucks off out of fear. Um, Maleficent's uh, more or less decided that her stance is heartless are cool. I'm controlling them. I'm going to send them into battle. Whereas the organization is going to be sending in all the nobodies. I think Maleficent is kind of all about the darkness and oh, yeah. the nobodies are kind of like. They're not either dark or light. Correct. I would go. I would go with void. Yeah, they're very like darkness versus versus emptiness. If I myself as the nerd, I'm going back to Lord of Rings, saying like if they saw us, they drop everything until we were dead. Because the second Maleficent sees us, she says, "Ignore the the nobodies. Get the spiky boy." It's full vengeance time for Maleficent today. She is. I'm in on this. I'm going to get rid of those kids, and that fucking Final Fantasy duck too. She seems to have spent a long time kind of gathering power and darkness and heartless and stuff yep. like that. And this is where she's going to put all of her chips down. We have some new heartless and new nobodies right now. When we get out here, we have Crimson Jazz, which are a big old magic bell. Yep. And it's fire based, of course. Yeah. yeah, I think it like casts flare, actually. They really look just like a big version of the others. They got slightly fancier flame decals on their outfit. Yeah, I would look up their spells. I'm pretty sure it was meant to invoke flare. I suppose that's true. These are like really powerful flame based heartless. And our new nobodies at the time are dancers. We've met the Organization 13 member that covers those. Yeah, they're most associated with Demix. They're probably one of the most solid uh, nobodies in many ways. Mm-hmm. Well, they do transform. They're extremely humanoid and they do hold much of their form. Like they got really big elf shoes with giant points, baggy pants sort of a cross that looks like it's covering both their midsection across their chest and like a almost a Jiangxi, one of those old uh, hopping vampire hats with a long ponytail sticking out of it. Yep. They skate around and if they grab you, you'll be not be able to control yourself for a bit and then they'll toss you and do a shit ton of damage. At least on critical mode. I don't remember how much damage they do in normal mode because I have not played in normal mode since 2005. I mean, whenever I saw them, I would just immediately magnet and and thunder them once I figured out that works. So I kind of kept well away from them. Mm -hmm. They are pretty irritating. They're pretty dangerous. But yeah, the only more dangerous one that I can think of are the berserkers. Uh, I with the with the sorcerers out there. I don't know, man. We'll get into all the terrible waves of nobodies that you can fight when we get to the final episode of this season. We defeat both groups of enemies. They seem to have teamed up to try to kick our butts. And then we immediately run into those fairies that I still don't understand. Yeah, oh gosh, the weird drugs are back. Yuna, Riku, and Pine are still here as fairies. I don't get it. Why? Why did you do this to us, Tetsuya Nomura? They're looking for Maleficent. Sora says that Maleficent ran off, and they're saying, that was lame. This is a bad side to be on. Sora's just like, okay, well, if you're not going to work for Maleficent, why don't you go help out Leon? He's got treasure, right? Why do you hate Leon, Sora? Leon jumped us in an alley and beat us up last game. Right. I forgot about that. That was last (laughs) game. No, two games ago. So anyways, once like even after he leaves, Sora's like, I wonder if Leon actually has treasure. Oh, well. So as we get out of the basement to the Hollow Bastion Castle, who should we run into? But, well, One of- I'm going to let the I'm going to let some amazing Kingdom Hearts dialogue tell the story. The dialogue in question is Sora, it's Sephiroth. Which is and even though I'm still like not there yet on the Donald voice, that's Donald. <laughs> Yep. Donald says, Sora, it's Sephiroth. It's there's certain there's certain words, certain names that certain voices just sound so funny saying. Yes. yes, it's a masterful line delivery. I'm pretty damn impressed by it. But I also am going to say, I think that the Sephiroth stuff is the absolute weakest part of the Final Fantasy crossover. I mean, to me, while it's really fun, it's also on the weirdest tier of listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger do Mr. Freeze dialogue and Batman and Robin because he cannot speak the weird lines they're giving for him. I have absolutely no idea why this is such a weak retread of the Cloud Sephiroth relationship. Can we just say, with all the log haired villainous armor guys wandering around that Dom was able to tell which one this was when he'd only ever seen him once before. 
But it, and technically might not even be seen him if he hadn't played the last game and done all the optional stuff. He doesn't know what Sephiroth looks like, does he? Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, wait, wasn't that one on one fight? Yeah, it was a one on one fight. I think yeah. they assume that Donald saw the whole thing, though, or something like that. I, don't I guess. Know. OK, Magic Donald with a big foam finger saying store number one in the stance. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's amazing. I love it. Goofy missed it because he was getting concessions. That's the sort of thing that would happen to Goofy. Yeah. yeah. And then just, this scene is nothing. Sephiroth's yeah. like, oh, you heard about Cloud? Cloud it wants darkness, and darkness will snuff out life, and I'm going to wander away now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sephiroth has nothing to contribute at this point in the story. Does he ever? Sora even Good says point. that Cloud wants to fight Sephiroth, so I was like, huh, neat. Bye now. I'm gone. See you in the post game. Bye. So let's run by the optional dungeon. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Yuna, Rika and Pine fly out of the extra content and we are not fucking going there yet. It's just so weird. What the what were they doing in there? Did they just like, get lost? I, I should assume so. But like they run out of there in a hurry, just kind of to indicate to you. One, there's some interesting stuff in there. Two, if this is your first time playing, do not go in there. Not at this point. What is inside there is a extra dungeon that they added for Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. It is full of horrible platforming and super hard monsters. We will go there later. Much, much later. You basically need all your traversal powers to get through it. And that's yeah. uh, survive the monsters. I remember actually that the platforming in that is actually pretty horrible. Like basically it's, it's the entire dungeon is very vertical. Yes. We'll have more discuss about it later. Uh, I'll yeah. say is it's evil, but I kind of enjoyed it as sort of the problem solving parts of it. I agree. Yeah, we can talk about that more in a few episodes. Yes. We need to go uh, hook up with Leon. Yep. We need to go hook up with Leon. As we go through, we get treated to a bunch of cutscenes of Final Fantasy characters fighting Heartless and Nobodies. Like we got Leon, Yuffie and Aerith doing shit. Cloud and Leon have a have sort of a weird uh, let's fight together moments. Like it'll be tougher. There's even one more when, there's, when they're facing a literal horde. We get a blatant Final Fantasy fan service with Cloud and Sephiroth fighting each other for no good reason. Like Sephiroth appears and Cloud runs after him, leaving everyone yep. else in the lurch. Like cats and dogs, they have to fight. We make it back to the Bailey. A huge hole is blasted through it as we get there. And then Mickey falls out of the sky to meet us. Mickey can just do that. Yep. Mickey can be anywhere. Mickey can do anything. When he saves us in battle, this he's always just kind of he somersaults out of the sky. He was riding around on a bird. Mickey does not want us to join the fight because we are too important. Is that right? Yeah. Well, he's saying you got to go find your friends. You need to go find uh, Riku and Kyrie, And right. we all got this. Yep. We don't need you. We're fine. Just get out of here. And then Doll and Goofy put on the worst act in history. Well, I mean, heck, he literally orders them to drag Sora off. Yep. And Donald and Goofy just like acts pretty blatantly, obviously, like that they're about to disobey those orders. And Mickey does nothing to stop it. Well, then they run red past him saying, sorry. And mm. Mickey's like, <sighs> damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Great. Now I'm just imagining Mickey Mouse cursing. God damn it. So now that that scene happened and we built to this action scene. Yeah, let's kill the pace entirely with final mixes added scene. Momentum killer. This scene, okay, there are other added scenes in Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. This scene kills the momentum completely and is the one that is, like, most memorable. They could have just done it after this whole sequence. They really could. It contains details that in the original story we don't know for a few more minutes in the story. Overall, it would be much better if this happened, like, at the end of this whole event. The only problem is Cloak Club. Basically what we have is we get the shot, we're back in the computer room... Yep. And it's like we're watching from like a security camera as a cloak guy comes in. Yep. A hood guy comes in, types in six passwords into a computer this time, not seven. Of course, they didn't have show password access. We can't see what they are. Yep. We can't see what the password is. We can only see the number of characters on each one. I wonder if it'll come back at any point. It's actually worth noting before that he inserts like a CD in order to activate this screen. Yep. Like he types in his command another to bring up the, the password screen. It's two factor authentication. It, it opens up a trap door and a staircase. Yep. And then it just spends a long time on a guy walking down the spiral shaft ramp with no dialogue. There's not even music. You're in a sci-fi shaft, like, you know, yep. like just really big, like 50, 60 feet across with this relatively thin ramp around the edge. Like not a staircase, it's a ramp. He's just kind of walking slowly. Like you hear his footsteps echoing and everything. Yep. And unfortunately, every bit of dialogue that'll come after this, that's sort of like a flashbacky. 
is super important. So we have to yep. break down what happens here. We hear a young voice, which definitely sounds like Ansem, just talking to Master Ansem. It's about this experiment. Yep. He's just trying to get Ansem to do something. Yeah. It, and this deep, dis-ish voice, like, um, we're not, no one's surprised at this point. Yeah. <laughs> saying that we need to stop talking about doors in the heart of all worlds. That's a bad idea. Like, then he says this guy's name we've never heard before. I mean, he literally just like get back to name Zehanort, which I'm going to note isn't a spoiler, but it's a name we don't hear in the original story for like another five to ten minutes. Yeah, it's it is definitely weird to put that name here, but unfortunately, we also need to put this here because this guy still has his cloak up. Yeah, he finally gets to the bottom of the staircase while thinking about that. <laughs> Goes across several sealed rooms. There's chain patterns all over the floor and walls. And he sits down in front of some armor scattered on the floor. As he sits down, like the chain parents emanating from his chair start like filling up with white coloration. Like mm -hmm. it's glowing from it, but it doesn't seem to mean anything. It's scattered bits of what look like full plate armor in blue. Yep. And he says, it has been far too long, friend. None of that is explained this game. <laughs> it has been far too long, friend. And then we cut to something that seems to probably been happening in the last game. Actually, I think it's a little earlier, but yeah, something like that. Contemporary. <laughs> to our great, to our great joy, we get Zexian and Vexen. Hooray! These losers. Vexen is pissed. Yes. I also just said Vexen and said the same. Yep. So Zexion and Vexen are just having an argument. It's this is definitely in the past now. Zexion is looking for for Zemnus. No, Vexus's. Vexus's where oh. is Lord Semnus? As usual. Oh, yes. Right, okay. Oh, the Chamber of Repose. That. Yep. <laughs> yep. Chamber of Repose. That sounds like an important pronoun. We won't learn what it means yet. <laughs> well, you know, you know, an important proper noun, you mean. Yes, proper Vexus noun. is beside himself and just seems to be twitching while Zexion just doesn't give a shit. Yep. <laughs> Vexus storms off, muttering to himself. And then another cloak guy shows up. This is apparently assholes annoy Zexion now because someone else decides to poke him. Yep. <laughs> it is the voice that we've kind of had as a surfer dude. It's not quite surfer dude. He's a bit more malicious than that. Malicious surfer dude, maybe this guy who has not fully revealed his identity to us yet. So he's still in a hood. So he's still in a hood. No, shows up. Zexion reminds him that he's recruit. He's supposed to be recruiting new uh, members. Are you out with Zaldin? Zexion's like, are you just killing time? It's like, no, I'm doing my job. I got I did one of the worst hiring decisions ever, which is the theme of this game. Yep, yep. Um, he apparently was the one who brought on Marluxia. Yeah, which like, probably also means that he brought on Larxene as well. Well, got the organization up to 11, he says. So who's number 12 again? Uh, it, Larxene is 12. Well, then, no, they didn't get Larxene then. Because he specifically says it puts right. the number at 11. Yeah, okay. 13 is... Well, I, I guess I, I shouldn't say who 13 is, but. Well, we know. We know, we know who 13 yes. is. It's Roxas. Yeah. Yeah, he called him, he's been called number 13 yeah. Roxas more than once. True, so yeah. Roxas was clearly last. <laughs> yeah. So I love the fact that not only after they ran out members, but beforehand, they were absolutely insistent on having this uh, 13 name. Organization 13. It's very important. There's some kind of numerological reason for 13, I'm sure. It's a cool sounding number. <laughs> it's prime. And then the other guy said, you know, I had Lex just take my job today. I was I was sleepy. You know, he's doing anything important. So then the hood guy says something about a big Keyblade battle and about how Xehanort was the only one found after by Ansem with a bad case of amnesia. He's also going to Zex and like, shouldn't you tell me Zem this is a secret? This guy is like really trying to make some inroads in this organization. It feels like he's he's definitely probing like he's yeah, he, he's acting clearly half troll, half conspirator, but he's definitely probing. You can't tell how serious he is, but yeah. it's annoying it's, Zexion pretty quickly. He seems it's, to know a lot of things that he shouldn't, basically. Yeah. he And he is basically like poking at angles that sort of make you wonder what side is he really on? Yeah. It's like comments. I was Zemnis. As soon as he got rid of Ansem the Wise, this the chamber of repose, he undid the seal and made him a room in there. Yep. We do kind of see a lot. I mean, we saw this in Chain of Memories as well, that everybody in the organization kind of has their own angle. Nobody is really in it because they really are a true believer in what Zemnis is trying to do. It's because they're in this because they think that they can use the organization to further their own goals. 
I mean, there's a couple I'd wonder about, but yeah. And I, and I will say the other guy, he name drops a few other things rapidly. He comments that clearly they're going to Castle Oblivion, which is a new facility soon. And there's another chamber. He calls it the Chamber of Waking, where the other friend is. Yep. This is all foreshadowing. But we can lock it away for at least two games in your mind. Due to narrative time flow, we can't talk about any of this. Yep. Basically, every character that this pertains to is not even introduced yet. <laughs> Though I will also say, the second time I went through this scene, I was just kind of like, holy fuck, how far ahead did Nomura plan? Pretty far. Well, this is Final Mix. How long was Final Mix before the next games? Uh, it was sort of contemporary to the other games in the series. Um, so, a few years ahead, a few years ahead of them. Uh, so they but, would have, they would almost certainly been in story production minimum at that point. Yes, I, I, but I'm saying like uh, there are things that are hinted in here that actually do not get payoff until three. Yep. <laughs> that oh. is quite that's quite a lot of notes to take for a scene that completely disrupts a battle sequence. Yeah, yep. it would be so much better if we could put it at the end of everything. But yep. <laughs> well, we make it out of that cutscene, and now it's Demix time. Yes, finally. Dance, yeah. water, dance. <laughs> Demix shows up at right outside of the Bailey in this little arena that looks like we're intended to fight him here because it's round. And Sora immediately says, like, you're a wimp. Yep. And by the way, fuck you, Sora. I just say, fuck you. This is from my current play. This is from when I first played the game. Fuck you, Sora, for provoking this guy. <laughs> oh, right. This guy, this fight is tough, as I recall. He's like, Demic is such a weird thing here. Like he plays being sad. And I believe uh, Sora is sort of just like you don't have a heart in a very, like, very dickish way, to be honest. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like we have. But at the same time, Demix is being a dick. So yeah. it's Diz rubbing off on him. That's all. Yep. He's just got a bad influence. Yep. And then. There's like this really kind of they make the kind of ominous turn here where Demix argues like we can two have hearts and Donald's like you can't trick us. And then just Demix just the emotion drains out of his face and voice. Yep. And he just goes silence traitor. And we got to fight this sitar jerk finally. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember right, we had a taste of it before fighting his clones, but he's going to do it again. And I, I just need to know how do his clones kill us? Um, Just run out of time. And then we drown. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because somehow Demix summons clones and he can put a timer on the UI and you have to kill all the clones. who are I mean, He does it multiple times for various amounts and lengths of time. Mm-hmm. And if you fail, the battle just ends. It's not even like a special yep. animation of something happening. It just it just stops. The screen fades. The best way to do it is to do the reaction command for the water clones, where you will swing them around, slam them to the ground a few times and just knock a bunch of other ones around you. It's the best way to clear them out quickly. The- the problem I have is this zone has just enough nooks and crannies as long as it's a regular outside that they can kind of get stuck in there and you have to run around trying to catch the last couple. You know what also sucks about this area? Hmm. Um, fighting any of the organization members, if you try and use a form, you have a very good chance of getting something called anti-form. And I don't think we've talked about anti-form yet, have we? Hey, anti-form would be pretty good if it weren't for the fact that it disabled your spells, including cure. So, okay, so, anti-form causes you to fly around as a little, uh, well, sort of like Sora's shadow from the last game. Yeah, it's kind of like a hyper Neo shadow almost. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly Sora's shape, but it's kind of like it, it runs on all fours. It's black with with wisp trails. I don't know if they actually animate like claws on his hands, but he certainly acts like it. It's a random form. It has a counter based on how many times there are forms, but its appearance likelihood is spikes with organization battles. Yep. You also do have to use it at least once in order to complete the the record. Yep. So Andy Form kind of has these long claw combos, so he kind of wails and spins around, hits things. You can also create like a big ball of energy that'll trap enemies in them. It, it would be a really powerful form, but there's a few problems with it. First, it's really hard to control. Like you're, you're yeah. just kind of doing stuff when you hit the attack button. You get kind of combo locked. Yeah. Your actions are really long and really hard to control, and it almost feels like you're completely disconnected from your character, which is a cool game feel moment. But it also is like super frustrating when you're in the middle of a hard boss fight. Don't really have a block or a dodge in that form either. I, f- I feel like you're more frail. Oh, and the other problem that with this form, you can't kill bosses with it because you have no uh- finishers. Bosses can only be killed by finisher moves, which is kind of strange. I think it's something I never really noticed that was pointed out to me. Bosses can only be killed by finisher moves in this game. 
which means that if you have a character that doesn't have finishers like Mickey or Antiform Sora, you can't kill a boss. So other than other than the clones, Demetrius may attack as he hits his sitar and kind of causes jets of water to shoot out in patterns. Yep. This is actually one of the fights where fire is a really good spell. You can do a shit ton of damage to him by just running through him and using fire. It's probably another way to get through the, a good crowd of clones is using the fire spin. Actually, I think especially in the data battle, I used wisdom form in this fight a lot with mm. fire magic. I mean, like as Matt indicated, he just keeps shouting dance water and stuff like that. So yep. he's very talky. But once we beat him, I have in my notes, I'm, I feel kind of bad for beating him up. He's almost got nothing to say. He just looks like, ah, booed again. No way. And then he just he just vanishes. He's just kind of there. He is probably one of the least malicious organization members. Yeah, he actually comes off as someone that's just trying to reconnect with a friend almost. And, you know, just doing his job, following instructions. Yeah, like what's doing what's on the card is not the one that we really should be cheerful about beating up. Yeah, but also I can't say I have massive sympathy for him. It's just kind of okay. Yeah, unfortunately, he also doesn't have a lot of characterization beyond this. Maybe elsewhere there would be some, but I don't know if he's all that important in the end. Yeah. So Sora's like, come on, come at me, bros. And, and there's like, stop or antagonizing the organization, say the others. <laughs> so Mickey finally catches up to us after we beat Demix. Yep. He's not pissed off enough to send us yeah. home, but he is pretty mad. He's just doing the crossed arm pose. They look a little bit sheepish. And then a rock falls out of fucking nowhere and flies toward Mickey. I mean, it's actually because a Heartless and, and a Dusk are fighting and it just knocks a rock loose. Yep. And so Goofy just goes flying. He does, the, he does the sacrifice play, shoves Mickey out of the way and gets cracked on the head. Yep. Holy shit. <laughs> Mickey's horrified. He's like, no. Goofy. Mickey just throws off the coat. Donald flies off the handle. Like, we get it. We get a big old pose. Mickey goes, they'll pay for this, which is just like. Peak Kingdom Hearts dialogue. And and Mickey's outfit is pretty funny, too. He kind of looks like he's wearing a mouse reskin version of Sora's old outfit in terms yeah. of coloration stuff. Well, I did mention that Sora's original outfit is kind of supposed to evoke Mickey's classic outfit mm -hmm. in the first place. And I definitely agree with the uh, view there. So it's just kind of funny, but just Mickey Mouse, like his fists clenched with rage, his yep. face still not quite not being able to not smile. So. So then we have even more heartless fighting Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. Yay! Oh, and actually we get to team up with the Final Fantasy characters on this little run, too. Yuffie, Leon, Tifa, yeah. Cloud we, came back, because apparently Sephiroth, I don't know, ditched him. Mm -hmm. Like, and eventually uh, Sora will catch up to Mickey and Donald. And then, just because we can't, like, let that question linger for too long, Goofy shows up like nothing fucking happened. It's like, that hurts. Also, why'd you leave me behind? At least you should ask that. Yep. I have in my notes, I guess his big brain saved him. Yeah. Donald shows how grateful he is alive by smashing his foot with his staff. And yeah. we get Kira upgraded to Kira, which is great. It behaves exactly the same. It just has a bigger range. Like, I think Kira now is an AOE, which is nice. So we finally get down into the, the huge valley, the Great Maw, where there's just like a massed army of Heartless. Yep. And then Mickey and Goofy both notice someone uh, overlooking from the cliff. Is this the point where Goofy says this is it's the guy who's not answering? Yeah. Or yeah, because because, you know, he appears on the cloak. He takes it off. Silver hair, orange eyes. It's the guy who's not handsome. Thank you. And no, actually, I'm not sure. Is it Goofy or Donald says ah, either way? Yours is good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Goofy that says it, but. Eh. And Mickey fully recognizes not handsome as Ansem the Wise's assistant, Xehanort. But he has a little scene where, you know, Ansem, who, as we saw before, kind of wears a nice little lab coat like suits. Mm -hmm. They're sitting there. They're eating. They're eating fucking sea salt ice cream because, of course, they are. Who, who, who wouldn't? Sea salt ice cream is amazing. <laughs> I said I just point out there are videos for making it. And I just feel like maybe we should. Yeah, definitely. I do it. Yeah. So, yeah. So the two of them, Mickey and Ansem are hanging out. Shooting the shit, talking about how this great hypothesis we shouldn't use because it could be dangerous. And then the long haired silver hair guy comes in just through the exact same scene we heard during the flashback. So, yeah, we have a name to attach to Anson the Wise's assistant, Xehanor. And if you know your anagrams a bit and you realize the way they add access to the names, Xehanor is already an anagram. Yep, it is an anagram for no heart plus X. Yep. So, like the villain from Care Bears? <laughs> 
Kingdom Hearts does actually have a lot of thematic similarities with Care Bears now that I'm thinking about it. I'm just pointing out, I'm just going to point out, no heart. (laughs) Sorry, one second. No heart appears as a guy wearing a cloak. You can't see his face. Oh, no. Though it's purple and he's got glowing red eyes. It kind of looks like a wizard's cloak more than anything, but still. So you're saying no heart is an Asian. (laughs) Well, now we're just going all over the place. Yee. Anyway, we finally get to the combat set piece of this section. Like Mickey goes flying after Xehanort's nobody and and we just get surrounded by Heartless. Yep, we have to fight a thousand Heartless. Who would win? A thousand Heartless or one very good boy? And and Dog and Duck. No, the Dog and Duck are not with us for this. It is just Sora. Yes, Sora's alone for this. Does that mean they're also fighting a thousand at a time? Maybe. I don't know. If they just sat there to watch us, that's pretty effed up. Donald like, just like busts out like Mega Flare or something like that. No, he does not. Unfortunately, I'm I'm just saying that's what he uh, would do. True, true. Yeah. So this but, fight, this fight is, like I said, it literally has a counter of a thousand heartless at the top. So they're being very literal. Yep. Uh, you have to fight. What are the heartless that you fight in this ring? There's a lot of shadows. No, not really. I mean, well, there I are shadows. There, there are shadows, but there's also yeah. I didn't make note of what they were. Speedy flyer things, I think, are there as well. I do remember that there's two reaction commands that you get use get to use. There's this dive bomb like, one. I forget the exact the name. Surveillance, the main ones are the armored knights and the surveillance robots. Armored knights have a move that lets you do a, a sweeping dive bomb across the battlefield, which should just take out a big line of it. I think they call it Rising yeah. Sun. Yeah, it's called Rising Sun. Thank you. And the other thing you got, the surveillance robots, if you grab onto them, you can... Uh, basically make a big wide arc of a laser shot. It's a pretty cool fight. It goes on a long time. By the way, can I love that the ray is called Sparkle Ray? Excellent. Good name. Excellent name. (laughs) So do they just have like a button on the side where you can make the laser come out? I think what it is, is like Sora pulls down on the bottom. They have a lever on them. Sora (laughs) just pulls the lever and it shoots a laser. I don't know what the lever is and I'm not going to ask questions. I understand it. Don't ask me to explain it. <laughs> Don't look too deep. You may not like what you find. Yep. All right. So we get guard break from victory, which is just a nice move. Yep. I don't hate this fight, but I feel like when the numbers run low, it kind of drags. You have to run around defeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's it slows down a lot when there's fewer enemies on screen. They should have just it, not changed oh. the density, kept respawning them and then just ended it at a thousand. Something I also need to kind of bring up just from Final Mix's re-rendering of everything. Uh, they uh-huh. actually do not re-render this cutscene where all the Heartless are running around. And it's pretty clear that that was a pre-rendered cutscene because it is grainy as fuck. Weird. And the reason why it was a pre-rendered cutscene back in the day is because the PlayStation 2 could not render that many Heartless. Uh, there's like all sorts of little graphical tricks they do in this uh, Battle of a Thousand Heartless too that are like... There's this mass of Heartless that are just like one object that are sort of moving behind you. Like, there's a lot of like, cool little things they do to make this fight feel epic. But then they just kind of left the uh, the old cutscene. They had to leave the old cutscenes and they couldn't just re-render them, unfortunately. Hmm. Probably because they lost the data. Yeah. Yeah, they probably lost the data. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense. So we so after that, we catch up with Mickey, mm-hmm. who is facing off with Xehanort's nobody, who yep. doesn't make that, who says he's abandoned the name, but doesn't give his name yet. And, and so it's like out with it. Nobody. It's like he just really dehumanizes them. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, we're I think we're all still on the train of nobodies don't have a heart. So therefore, they don't get to be treated like equals, which is mean. Mm-hmm. But so and, and, and I'm just going to say, looking a little further ahead, a little creepy. Yeah, very creepy. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, where's Kyrie and Riku? It's like, I don't know. Who Kyrie is. But he he does kind of indicate that Mickey knows what's up with Riku. Yep. You should ask your king. It's like, it's, just, it's stupid, but my thought was like, he's not my king. <laughs> yep. But I don't acknowledge his authorities. I'm not from his kingdom. Yep. I think yep. he's trying to get Sora to distrust Mickey because. That's a good villain power move. Yep. Maybe Mickey should be distrusted. I don't know. Yeah. Eh. Well, which is pretty funny about you, Mickey Mouse, to have nefarious uh, background dealings. <laughs> <laughs> My ridiculously securitous plan is nearly one quarter complete. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> the thing is, is that Mickey does keep a lot of secrets. We know this already. Oh, yeah. He keeps so many secrets from Sora, in fact. Think about it, the second that Xehanort's nobody leaves, he charges into the portal after him. Yep. But maybe he's just avoiding awkward questions. 
Yeah, probably. And then Axel shows up. Hey! It's our favorite organization member. Yep. But he's not an organization member. And then Axel immediately shits on us for falling into the guy's trap. He yeah. simply says, it's Zemnis. Here's how to spell his name. Yep. Yep. Got so basically, <laughs> basically, Axel comes to do the, the plot revelation and reveal yep. what exactly the plan is. Yeah. Yep. When you kill Heartless with a keyblade, it releases a captive heart. And we take that and they take the hearts. Why? I'm not telling you. And he also isn't telling us where Kyrie is, jerk. Uh, I'm sorry, man, but and then Syke shows up to make this all more awkward. We'll ensure he receives the maximum punishment. I don't care about any of that. Just let me into the realm of darkness, okay? If it's Kyrie you're worried about, don't. We're taking very good care of her. Take me to her. Is she that important to you? Yeah, more than anything. Show me how important. And Sora thinks and then kneels on the ground in front of Saix. Please. So, you really do care for her. In that case, the answer is no. You rotten! I... Are you angry? Do you hate me? Then take that rage and direct it at the Heartless. Pitiful Heartless, mindlessly collecting hearts. And yet they know not the true power of what they hold. The rage of the Keyblade releases those hearts. They get in darkness, masterless and free, until they weave together to make kingdom hearts. And when that time comes, we can truly, finally exist. That's our second title drop of Kingdom Hearts? I have to say, that's brutal. He makes the kid beg in front of him and then sneers in his face. Yeah, um, Syx is like going way, way, way up in the shit list right now, just in terms of like. Well, he he did say he knows how to hurt a heart. Oh, yeah. And unlike Demix, he seems to be a true believer here. Like he is all in on Zemnis's plan. Yep. He definitely likes the goal. I guess we'd have to question is if he completely trusts the leadership, but he believes in the goal that they will. They need them hearts to be true, to be complete. Yep. And it's also just like that classic PS2 era JRPG writing. What if what the heroes are doing is bad? (laughs) What if good thing but not? (laughs) I think they actually do a pretty good job of doing it, though, in this case. Like, there's. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to say that's one of my favorite JRPG tropes, and I love it whenever it comes up. Do you remember the do you remember the old uh, RPG cliche list? Yes, I do. Do you remember what they called this one? I do not. Way to go, Serge. There's (laughs) a turkey. Because I said, like, you surge, it's surge, please. Yeah. It, You'll, wh- okay. Why on earth would you surge? As I recall, it said you spend 60%, in extreme cases, 90%, doing exactly what the villain wanted. All, all things would have been better if you hadn't done anything at all. Yeah, probably. A <laughs> <laughs> bit of Chrono Cross spoilers for those who uh, know, don't know the game. Uh, I think I mean, the statute of limitations on that one has run out. Every 90s JRPG has an exemption from spoilers now. Spoiler, Aerith dies. That's not the big spoiler from Final Fantasy VII. The big spoiler from Final Fantasy VII, I actually don't talk about that much with people who haven't played it because I think it's really cool and I don't want people to go in unspoiled. <laughs> or I do want people to go in unspoiled. One of those things. One's good. I don't care about them knowing about Aerith dying. That's basic stuff. Yeah. The cool shit, I will not tell them about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, spoilers are... I'm happy to talk about, but if I ever think it's something big, I'll give them a chance to say, do you want to hear this or not? Yeah, I don't yeah, worry same. about too much. If I'm spoiled, I shrug my shoulders. I have a bit of a tendency to look stuff up ahead of time anyways. So, but that's kind of my view. I, I don't get hostile, but I also don't deliberately make people unhappy. I tend to think that a story that is well told will hold up to being quote unquote spoiled. And, uh, and most stories are like that, actually. <laughs> I know I told you something once that arguably there's some some side of experience where suggesting the possibility that if you're spoiled for a story, you enjoy it more because your brain's not dedicating mind power to figuring it out. Yeah, that, that actually has re- been researched. I was going to say just like I personally prefer not being spoiled and I uh, enjoy that you guys kind of respect that. that but. I think it depends on the story. Like, oh, yeah, if it depends on, I think, if the story is based around the mystery, like, for example, most well, of the when they cry games, I wouldn't want want to spoil it for anybody. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's the question of, will what is the actual enjoyment that you get from the story? If the point of the reveal is something that gives you enjoyment, then I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to spoil that for anything. And that's what the Final Fantasy seven thing that I will not spoil for people is. 
I remember an old, I remember an old comedian's thing saying that I want to agree with is that the problem is with being left-handed like myself is you read stuff backwards. You look at the ending first, and that's often been true for me. But you know, like I guess I, I try not to disrupt others with that. <laughs> None of us can do a Maleficent voice, but Maleficent does show up at the end of that scene. Sora's freaking out. Maleficent has also decided she wants to claim Kingdom Hearts for herself, but then decides to make a hero move and keep the desks at bay. Well, more or less, I think she decides like the organization threat, so she moves her heartless on Saix, who immediately has him toasted by dusks. Yeah, essentially, I think the, the thing is, is that she wants Kingdom Hearts, but she knows that if it happens at the in basically in the current situation that it will be under Xemnas's control and she won't be able to do anything about that. Mm-hmm. She wants Sora to take care of Xemnas for her and then she will do whatever she's going to do. So basically, Maleficent gets mobbed by a nobody disappears. The Heartless then fall in line with Saix, who says they have followed the strongest. Mm-hmm. Sora instinctively slashes a few come towards him. He sees the heart floats off and he's freaking out. It's like, no, I don't want to do what you guys want. And then when Livingston calls to us again, calling us imbeciles who can't be trusted. And then we see a huge explosion of light from Leon and Cloud's point of view. And as it fades out, we get secret answer report number one. My effort this many years has come to fruition, with the world I govern having become a paradise worthy of being called Radiant Garden. Nurtured by the pure water that is the source of life, fragrant flowers bloom in abundance, and the people face each day with hopeful smiles. But where there is light, darkness also lurks. As noted in my earlier reports, I must solve the mystery of this darkness of the heart. This paradise depends upon it. I shall perform an experiment to probe the depths of a person's heart. One of my own apprentices, Zehanort, has volunteered to be a subject. This young man has served me ever since I nursed him back from death's door some years ago. He had lost all his memories at the time, but later showed remarkable intellectual curiosity and readily absorbed my teachings, gaining deep wisdom. Any mental immaturity is surely due to his young age. If I explore Zehanort's heart with psychological tests, I may be able to recall the past locked away within. My apprentice even has also shown great interest in Zehanort's memories. But is he really the right subject? Zehanort does indeed exhibit extraordinary talents. Too extraordinary. Perhaps they are even superhuman. Phew! That's a big plot dump. And then the scene cuts to another Organization 13 meeting. Back to the chair room that you like so much, right? Yes. We got Saix and Zemnis' face visible. We still got a couple guys really being stubborn about not taking them off yet. Yeah. So Saix Saix brings the mean order. Sora knows the truth now. The more heartless that he defeats, the closer he is to becoming our perfect puppet. This new knowledge will make him that much harder to control. What does it matter, really? Whatever his circumstances, Sora has never been able to help himself from saving people from the Heartless. Is what his pure little heart wants. There, the dice have been cast. Things are in motion. He can't stop this. Nothing is set in stone. If the dice aren't in your favor, you will share Demix's fate. The fun is in not knowing, isn't it? What is the point of betting on something if you already know the outcome? Are you sure that defeating him won't derail the organization's plan? If he is to die so easily, he is of no use to us. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. It's not in my nature to hold back. Not much in that organization meeting, really, but... No, I always, like seeing, I always like seeing them talk to each other because... They're sitting, they're touching bases, it's, it's, it's the weekly roundup, like, how's everyone going with the meeting? Honestly, I would say that, like, one of the reasons I like it is because, like, these scenes is because, honestly, I think one of the biggest flaws of Kingdom Hearts is that I think a lot of their important characters don't get enough dialogue. Mm-hmm. So any bit of dialogue we get with the, the organization is really cool because the dialogue that's there is really great. Like it has a lot of characterization. The, the the lines are done well. Also, it's kind of worth pointing out that they're 
actually really setting up the next big arc of the story, even if it is going to be a lot of retread. The idea, basically, as you're saying, is now they still have to face the Heartless. If like, if Sora doesn't the fight Heartless where he sees them, people will be put in danger and probably killed. Yep. But the more he fights them, the more they get what they want. Yep. And then we cut back to Sora, Donald, and Goofy on the gummy ship. How the fuck did they get there? Yeah. Last we saw them, they were exploding from a distance. Yep. We get we get a little mini flashback. Lifts and insulted them. She opened one of the black portals under their feet. And they and land in the that, void. They land in the void, and in there, another cloak guy who we do not know yet uh, gives them a box with a photo of Hainer, Pence, Olette, and Roxas. Sora, the, the name he seems to just jump out of Sora. He says he just he just somehow knew it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, they get some sea salt ice cream. Yep. Donald's like salty. No, sweet. <laughs> and Hainer parts two continuing to do the most utter batshit crazy shit in existence. The sea salt ice cream is our next gate. Stop this this instant, Kingdom Hearts 2. The cloak guy <laughs> seemed to have known that would happen, but again, what does this gate open? All the other worlds? Again? We need to go back <laughs> through them. But what was that gate in Twilight Town then? <laughs> well, I don't know what these gates are or what their purpose is. And <laughs> I don't care to find out. So I was hoping the guy who gave him ice cream is Riku, hoping his buddy just giving him gifts. Yeah, he just has a kind of feeling. And then Goofy says, fuck that (laughs) to moral complexity. Just and it's just recommends that Sora just save people and don't worry about what the villains are doing, because saving people is the right thing to do. Goofy has ultimately just like taken that whole JRPG idea of maybe the heroes are doing the bad thing thing and just thrown it in the paper shredder. Yeah, it's like we're helping. It's like we're saving people. Let's yeah. go with that for now. We don't the, got the, we don't get anything else. Let's go with that. The alternative is letting people get killed by the heartless. Basically, yeah, we can go prime directive on the ship. But that's morally reprehensible. We will deal with the stuff right now and then we'll deal with the villain plans later. That's how it always works. He said, you're a spiky boy. Almost all your goals are accomplished by hitting things enough time. So you're out of things to hit. Yep. (laughs) All right. All the worlds have new stories again. Do they? (laughs) Do they really? They have something. But when you say story. Like, so I'm going to say we have a very specific episode number that we're shooting for this season. You probably have guessed it by now. So in order to hit that, we are going to go through this set of worlds again, four worlds at a time for the next few episodes. Oh, my God. There's not that much meat on the bone of them anyway, though. Yep. No new worlds coming up either. Just got to boil the bone and make a soup out of it. Yep. Yep. So worlds coming up. Nothing. (coughs) Nothing that we're leaving off the table either. Nothing at all. So next time, Disney soup. So until next time, I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Jared. And remember... A good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. Tron at this point is a boomer, isn't he? Wouldn't he be sending minion memes? Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I mean, Bruce Boxleitner was born in 1950, so that's just about right. Yeah, yeah, he's a boomer. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck, Tron's a boomer. Damn it. Damn it all. All right. Very, he's (laughs) very... Oh, no, Surfer Chad. Ugh, no. (laughs) I knew that would break you, man. Ugh, no. Just no. Please no. Fair Uh, enough. Okay. It would be good Sorry, if it weren't for the... F- Go ahead. I'm just trying to pr- make my brain stop trying to make an Antifa joke out of this. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, no. 
It's not a. It's, there's none of them are any good. So I'm just purging it from my. Okay, give me a second. Okay, just you don't need to say anything. <sighs> <If> I, <laughs> no, I know. I just, I just, I'd be dis- I'd be kind of distracted for a bit. So, all right. This so basically, thing, yeah. yeah go ahead, be go ahead, Matt. And y'all didn't give me grief for the. Uh, oh wait, for not going Matt. to Atlantica. Matt, 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 okay. I escaped let's you. Do, let's, I escaped let's, it. Let's, let's want to do an insert segment. Sure. I was like, trying to set you up for it too, and you didn't take yeah. the bait. I'm gonna take so call that a win. Do you do, do you want to do an insert segment to put in, John? I'm honestly completely okay with you, like you be, being like, wait, wait, oh, no, wait, no, did, no, wait, no, Matt, me. John. After the outro, we should put it here, and you didn't get me with Atlantica. And you didn't get me with Atlantica this time. Yeah, I'd say put that after Matt's. No, outro. no, no. I'm I'm giving you the setup right fucking now. <laughs> well, if we, that's true. If we need extra story, we can always we can go to the other worlds. Yep, but you don't have to go to that one. But don't you wish to visit old friends? No. Then why are we going to the other worlds again? Because we have to to complete this story. <laughs> you sound resigned. I am quite ready to go back to a bunch of worlds that are not Atlantica. Damn it! You mentioned the the word. I I mentioned it before too. It's returning to your memory. Soon you will not be able to avoid it. Maybe you go beg. I nominate can put it for off help. for a bit longer. Maybe you'll beg uh, nominate for help with the memory. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like with the rules of Kingdom Hearts, if you don't remember it, it may not actually exist. That's a very Unfor- quantum world. Uh, unfortunately, view. that doesn't actually work. So. I'm just going to continue avoiding the, it until we have to finally, finally, finally cover it. Because unfortunately, this is a Kingdom Hearts 2 podcast where we're going to talk about literally everything that we possibly can. Okay.